Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. On Friday, I, I sent out an email in anticipation of the, uh, the message. And one of the things that really stuck in my head, this, I thought about this, this was over 28 years ago. I remember this, and it's, it's stuck in my head. And that is, I went to my brother-in-law and sister-in-law's house. Uh, both of them are teachers. And on the refrigerator, right next to where you open the, pulled the handle, there was a magnet that had 101 ways to encourage a child. And and I'm like, there's 101 ways, 100 ways to encourage a child? And then I started looking at it, and, and it was, it was all of these things from you're special, great job, all of the things that, that a teacher can say, uh, you're really growing up, well done, uh, you're smart, uh, you're kind, you, all these different things that, that a teacher could say in, in the midst of their day to encourage their children. And, and it really stuck with me because what I realized is I can have a little bit of a negative attitude occasionally, and that it's easier for me to come up with a hundred ways to tear you down, that I could just, those come off my tongue like that when, when I'm frustrated, just in the middle of the day, when, when I'm going and someone's not doing what I want them to, those words are so quick to come out of my mouth. And, and as I thought about this and, and realized that that has still has stuck with me over all these years, is I think the reason why it did is because I realized how much we need it. That in the midst of a day, I, I'm just speaking from personal experience, I'm guessing you, you're similar, I don't need people to necessarily point out all the wrong I'm doing. I have like a handle on that. And, and in the midst of a day, probably what, what I need as much as anything is encouragement and, and to be reminded that I'm not alone and that people are there for me and, and that they love me and that they are with me. And the thing about it is with that, those hundred ways, 101 ways to encourage a child, I think the key is that you, you probably aren't going to irrigate those kids by flooding them with a hundred on one day. And then say, that can last them for 100 days, and then I'll come back and I'll flood them again the first day after Christmas. No, but it's a drip system. It is a, it's a drip system, and the thing about it, it doesn't come from remembering the words you want to say, but where it comes from is from valuing those kids every day. And when you start to do that, when you begin to, to, to value them in that way, then your language begins to be seasoned with that throughout the day, throughout the months, throughout the year, because what it's really reflecting, what is on your heart. And so today, as we go into this, I'll just come out and say it to start, is that when you read God's word, when you go through devotions, I'm going to encourage you to look at all of the ways that, that when the Bible speaks, when God speaks in his word, that he points to how much he values you. Because it's there. 
It is there in every book of the Bible. It is there, I would challenge you to go look in just about every chapter of the Bible that you are going to find just seasoned in there things about God's love for you, God's love for his children. And and you'll find it, especially in Jesus Christ, that, that when you look at the one thing the Bible goes back to again and again and again is the price God was willing to pay for you in his son, Jesus Christ. And, and so when we look to the cross, the, the cross is this reminder of God's great love for us. Every time you are, are told that you are forgiven or that Christ has won forgiveness for you, it's another way that God says, I value you so much. And my encouragement for you today, first of all, is don't miss it. Don't miss all of the different ways that the Lord speaks about it. Because as you begin to see it, what he does is he he begins to cultivate in you not only this understanding that you are valued, but all of God's children are valued, and all people are valued, uh, whether they know him yet or not. And it begins to change the way, not only that you see your relationship with God and it is strengthened, but also it's going to change your relationship with others. And so we begin, we're going to go into Mark chapter 10, beginning with the 13th verse. This is the same lesson that, that uh, Phil was referencing with the kids. It, it's a very short lesson. Jesus uh, is, is there one day, he's teaching parents, People are bringing their children to see him. The disciples are like, you know what? Jesus doesn't want to be bothered by kids, and so, so don't bring them here. And Jesus is upset about it. He's like, what are you doing? No, let them come to me. The, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. That, that he, he points, as, as Phil talked about, to their trusting relationship with parents. And we'll get to that. And, and he's trying to say that there are times when, when that relationship, a, a child's relationship and trust to the parent is the type of relationship you need to have in relationship to me. Again, we'll look at that in, in a few minutes. And, and then finally, where it ends is with Jesus blessing them, valuing them, giving them what they need, uh, everything that they need, which is what he does for us as well. So we begin, Mark chapter 10, beginning with the first, or verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them for a blessing, and the disciples rebuked them. And, and so as we, we, we look at this, before you're too hard on the disciples, I, I think a part of us can understand what was going on. Uh, even, even in our society today, that... I don't know, if you've ever been in Walmart, uh, you know that children sometimes can be a little unruly, and uh, they can take over a store, uh, definitely take over the, the checkout lane that I'm in, and, uh, and, and in the midst of that, you can understand, well, okay, we, we don't want Jesus to have to, to necessarily deal with this, that, that we don't need little kids jumping on his lap and pulling his beard and pulling his hair, and you know, you know what it's like with, it, they're, because they're kids, right? And we understand that, that sometimes we just want to put, put them off to the side where they can be, oh my goodness, seen and not heard. Yeah, yep, I was told that as a child, so I know what that's all about. 
But this is the fill-in, and this is the truth. And that is, no one has the right to deny access to Jesus for any reason. No one has the right to deny access to Jesus for any reason. And so, when uh, Stephen was talking about up here, he was talking about, this can be church, to say that, you know what, that, that you have to be careful that when people would come to church that, that you don't say, hey, this is not a place where you belong, you shouldn't be here. That was a recurring theme throughout Jesus' ministry. Uh, when at, whenever individuals came, and, and I think the reason why is they knew each other very well. That these would be people who grew up in communities that were so tight-knit that you knew everyone's business. That, that the, you know, there, think about this, no cars. So everyone that you would probably run into lived within a mile or two of you. And so you began to make judgments on the type of people they were. And, and they, they were some, there are certain people who are church people and certain people who are not church people. The good news is, I believe at, at Crosswalk, it's part of our culture that, that, is, that everyone is welcome here. I, and I think, we, as a rule, we do a, a good job at that, uh, letting Levine know we love all of you. We love all of Levine, and, and we want the people to come, all of them. But look at the, 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 the first question I have there. Who is someone that I don't think deserves Christ's love or forgiveness? And again, now this is different. This is a little, I'm not saying they can't come to church. I'm just saying they can't sit by me at church. Or what this might look like is, this is someone, have you ever been in this situation where you have withheld love, forgiveness, or even words from someone? Where you're like, you know what? I'm done. I am, you, you are getting the silent treatment and, and what happens in the midst of that is, is that we have made a decision. Maybe we won't go so far as to say, you're not welcome in Christ's presence, but you're not welcome in mine. And, and the forgiveness, I'm not saying Jesus doesn't forgive you. I'm just saying I haven't. And as we do that, what we, we begin to see, why it's so important to say no one has the right to not, deny access to Jesus for any reason is because when we have an attitude like that, we forget who we are. We forget that we come to Jesus on our knees as beggars. That when we come to Jesus, when we confess our sin to him, and, and when we really dig down deep into that, what it means to be sinful. And I don't think this happens, I'm just going to say for me, it doesn't happen every Sunday. Every Sunday I confess my sin, but I don't know if I'm necessarily invested emotionally in that confession. Yeah, I'm sinful, I deserve God's punishment, but Jesus has forgiven me. And, and so sometimes I go through that where it's maybe a surface level. But then there are other times, pray that they are not that many, where I come to the full realization of what I'm capable of as a sinner. And, and what the, the sins that go deep inside of me that, that, that emotionally now I'm beginning to understand maybe the truth of what it means to be sinful. And it's so important for us to go there. 
It is so important as we go through that sin and, and we understand the guilt and the weight of sin to go there personally so that, so that we begin to understand exactly what Christ has done for us. That we realize even in the midst of times when we do not value ourselves that especially at those times is when Christ comes and says you are valued and you are loved and you are forgiven. It's important not only because of our relationship with him, but it's also important because of this attitude towards others and the forgiveness we offer. Because at some point, if you are withholding the love of Christ, that you are withholding an invitation, in essence, you might not say it out loud because you know better, but you're saying, in essence, I'm better than they are. I'm more worthy. I am more deserving of this than they are. And you're not. And I'm not. We stand before God together, as I've said this, in the sinking ship of the Titanic of sin. It's important to start there. Because then you realize that all the value that you have in God's eyes comes from him and not from you. Go on to the next words. When Jesus saw this, he saw what was going on. He was indignant. Jesus, that you see, this, this is a side sometimes people of Jesus. Oh, Jesus is always so nice. Every once in a while, when, when things that especially, you think about what it is that upsets our God, this is one of them. He was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And again, he's going to explain that a little bit more about this trust relationship uh, that children exhibit with their parents and the trust relationship that we as children have with the Lord who is our parent, who is our father. But then another verse I grabbed, this was, this was from Matthew, so this isn't in that section, but what it, it shows the same truth. When he says, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Yeah. Um, pretty graphic. Pretty, that, that as you look at this, what Jesus is saying is pretty clear. Don't mess with them. Understand that, that when you look at someone who is a child, that trusting, when you abuse that trusting relationship, when you use your position of power for, for a personal purpose, other than to, to draw them close to him? Yeah, doesn't go for that at all. And so in the blanks, you can write, Jesus values all people, including you, and especially children. He wants parents to bring kids to him. He brings children into a faith relationship, and he threatens those who, messes, who, who mess with kids and especially spiritually. The second one I want you to look at is he brings children into a faith relationship. And that is so important. It's so important, especially as parents, because you need to understand and identify yourself as the person who's probably going to be leading this children in, your children in that direction. You are the one that are going to have prayers with them before they go to bed. You are the one who, who is going to have devotions with them, who are going to sit around the table, who are going to talk about their Savior. You are the ones who are going to do that. And again, I, I, would, I would say that for probably every person here today, 
that you would say, I would never keep my children away from Jesus. I would never do that. That's why I brought them here today. But I would argue maybe the ways that we keep our children from Jesus are a little more sinister. They're not a conscious effort to keep them away. It's more of an unconscious effort to not do it. That, that it's, more, it's not saying I'm not going to bring my children to Jesus, but it's a failure to plan to do it. That, that you don't look at this and take this responsibility seriously and say, how is it that I'm going to culture and cultivate a relationship with Christ in, in their hearts, but, but even more than it, in our family? What are we going to do to, to have that type of culture where Christ is part of what we do every day? Now, as you think about that, we get to the next words. When Jesus says, truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And what he does, once again, first of all, we're all put on a level playing field of sin, but now we're also put on this level playing field as well of faith. And, and so, as we look at what it is that children model that we want to embrace, let's write a few of them down. A child's heart is a model for us to follow. It is humble. It is teachable. It is trusting. It is dependent. And it wants its parents. Humble, teachable, trusting, dependent, wants parents. Now, the question is, is if I'm an adult, how do I cultivate this? Not, not in the hearts of my children, but in my own heart. And I think the first part of it is probably the, the most important, and that is the humility part. That I think we, <laughs> we, I'll go me, that when I look at it, I'm, that most of the time, I think I'm smarter than the average person. And, and so that when I look at the decisions I make, that I'm pretty much thought through. And I have a pretty good idea of what God should be doing in my life, in the church, and pretty much in the world. And ironically, my phone never rings with him asking what his next move should be. But yet, his phone rings, prayer where I am happy to share all of the things I think he should do. Think about that. And, and where it starts, where, why I say this word starts with humility, the, it's not just humility to say, I believe that God knows more than I do. That, that, that's, I don't think that one's even a question. But the humility part starts with Repentance. Humility part starts with understanding where I come from. And, and, and I know we're talking about this as being valuable. And, and as we talk about sin, oh, don't say that because that hurts my sense of self-worth. No, not at all. That, that as we look at the value that we have and, and, and our value before God, it, it's not at the expense of understanding how much we need him. And so on a regular basis, it, that sometimes the life of repentance is, is the example that's given for it is like breathing. Every breath I take, I have to breathe out 
carbon dioxide and I have to breathe in oxygen and it is constant. And if I don't do that, if you don't do that, it's not very long until you suffocate. And in the same way that as we look at a, a Christian life that is, is childlike, it, it starts with this dependence we need on God for everything. That just like we breathe, our confession of sins comes out and the forgiveness of God comes back in. Breathing constantly throughout the life of a Christian. That is how much we need and how dependent we are on God. That's what it means to have a childlike faith. Is to recognize that without him, we are lost. But we're not without him. And that is where his love comes in and these reminders of the forgiveness. The next words, the final words. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. We'll do the fill-in right away. Jesus reached out with, number one, appropriate touch. And the second one is spiritual blessing. I'm just, I'm telling you, it kills me to have to put that first fill-in. Appropriate touch. But, but especially in the world that we live in and, and, and the misdirection we, we see and, and inappropriate, we see that more and more. And, and so as we look at this, this is the part of it, is, is even to grow an understanding of what appropriate touch is, uh, of to say that, that children definitely need that. They need hugs from their parents. Uh, and, and as we look at that also in a church and how we gather together and we love each other, that this is something we need to be cognizant of, and Christ was as well. Uh, that as he brought them in his arms and he embraced them, that there was a physical component to that where they were close and they knew that they were safe and that they were protected. And then also that he blessed them. I, I thought about this, and I, I, I was thinking about Jesus bringing them in his arms and blessing them, Jesus bringing them in his arms and valuing them, and what he does for you as well. In your, in your sheet, you will see that there are the, the impact group questions are there. This is not on your impact group questions, but... It might be an exercise for if you're an impact group leader or you're someone who's in an impact group uh, or just you want to do it individually. I started doing this. And what I thought about it was this, is what are a hundred ways that you can show value to a brother and sister in Christ? What are a hundred ways that either the Bible uses or you use or a mixture of those that remind you of how valuable you are and, and how loved you are. I already said one way that you can start to make the list is with Bible passages. How great is the, the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Valued. You are valued. You, you are brought into the family. How many times from this stage and how many different ways has, have I told you that Jesus loves you. That your identity is as his child bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I started making a list. And then I thought, I'm going to read them all. And I am going to irrigate you with flood irrigation today. Giving you a hundred different ways that you can do it. 
But what I realize is God's drip system is much better. And so my encouragement for you is to, first of all, start to write these down. Start to to do it in a hundred ways that I can value my spouse. A hundred ways that I can value my children. A hundred ways that I can value my brothers and sisters at Christ who who I get to go to growth group with, who I get to serve with, who I get to worship with on on a regular basis. All of us need to be valued. All of us need to be embraced. And all of us need the blessing that our God gives us in Jesus Christ. It's my prayer for you that you will start to do this. And that's why the final one is, who is someone I value that I can bless with an invitation to see Jesus? This is in your impact group questions. This week, it's a challenge. And my challenge for you is to come up with five people. Five. That's it. Five. Five people in your life who either don't go to church or don't know who Jesus is. Think of individuals who are going through times of tension or transition or trouble. People you know who are hurting. And the first part of this is not to invite them to church. It's to value them and to encourage them because I am telling you that as you begin to do that, as you begin to see them in the same way that God sees them and in the same way that he values them, What changes is not just the words that you say, but the heart with which you look at them. You begin to see them through God's eyes of how truly valuable they are and and what they need, that relationship restored with Jesus Christ. Let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Let all the people come to Jesus. They are valued by him. You are valued by him never forget that. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the the blessing that you give us to be called your child. Help us as we read through your word to find those little nuggets because they are there everywhere. As we think about that, about how you love the world that you gave Jesus, that we wouldn't perish but have eternal life. There are verses like that all over the place. And what happens sometimes, Lord, is that we just gloss over them. We, we take it for granted of, of how truly valued we are and the implications of your forgiveness and love for us. Lord, as we embrace that, your promises, and embrace the value you have for us, help us also to show value to others. I, I think today, especially of the crosswalk kids that, that are with us today, Lord, please move the hearts of people in, in this room to, to serve over at Crosswalk Kids, to show the kids in our congregation how much we value them and to share the blessing and the good news of Jesus with them as well. And finally, Lord, as we go through our lives, just help us to open our eyes. Open, open our eyes to the people that are already there, that are already in front of us and, and make us instruments to show them uh, their great value in your eyes. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. If I haven't told you guys lately, I love you guys. I really do. Uh, this is my... This is 
my favorite time of, of the week is to be able to get together, gather together around our common father who, who loves us so much. And probably close behind second place is, is group time. So Bible study throughout the week when I get to see you again. So uh, my prayer for you is you begin to continue, well, be, continue to value each other. Welcome these times to get together, encourage each other with the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. And as you go, go with his blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.